DH2612 asks, how do I make myself look older? Mm. I'm 19, female. Personally, I'd say I'd look about 16. My boyfriend is 20, and his colleagues tease him about how young I look. They all originally thought I looked about 14, which would obviously be frowned upon. (laughs) I dress the same as other people my age, but I'm quite small, and I guess it's my face that looks young. I also don't want my boyfriend to be looked at funny for, quote, dating someone so young. What can I do to look my age or older? DH, I am speaking to you as someone who has perpetually been... Baby face. Baby face. I mean, called like, oh, I thought you were whatever baby. age, way younger than what I am. What? Baby. Baby. You've been called baby a lot probably, right? No, just, um, yeah, j- just assumed to be younger, mm-hmm. which I've always found totally infuriating. Um, so first, you know, I just want to empathize with that position of like- Shit sucks. It sucks. It sucks because you're constantly kind of like uh, uh, underestimated or judged in some other way. Yeah. Face tats. <laughs> How many 16-year-olds <laughs> have face tats? How many 14-year-olds have face tats? Yeah. Right. Even less. People assume you have autonomy, that you're at least 18 to be able to get them. That's a good point. However, I should mention that they're permanent. And at some point in your life, you might not want to have tattoos on your face. Yeah. Um. So that would be... A suggestion, not uh-huh. necessarily our top suggestion. Oh, um, you want to top it? Go ahead. <laughs> so, Be my guest. Uh, for me, often people say that, or I, I know that I uh. look older. Or I don't get questions as much uh, when I wear makeup, when I wear my glasses, which I don't wear all the time and don't have to wear, uh, when I wear my hair down versus like up and away from my face. Um, let's see. Clothing-wise... I don't think much has really shifted, you know, but sometimes sort of dressing up. But again, I don't want to give this advice because uh, I hate those things. Like, like generally, I don't want to wear makeup, don't want to do my hair, don't want to have to dress up to, like, impress anyone. You want to look like a baby. No, I don't want to look like a baby. So you want to find some solution that neither requires you to dress up or wear makeup Well, I don't like a baby. Well, what I sort of have have a... qualm with is really the expectation of like, well, why do I need to look older to you for this to be more comfortable? Because this guy is older than her and it's borderline in some people's eyes. You understand her situation. Of course. course. She's just trying to help him out and make them more socially acceptable so that people don't think, oh, this guy's preying on somebody who's too young for him. She's like, Mm -hmm. wants to be able to move in his social circles with more ease. I think that's a a fine thing to want. Of course, of course it is. But I think that like, it's important at the same time for me, not just to say wear glasses and wear makeup and to also say, who gives a shit what people think? And it's not your responsibility necessarily to um, make everyone else comfortable. But I also understand feeling uncomfortable with that perceived age gap. Um, so that would be my suggestion. I don't, I also don't know, um, you know, how social you are in those groups. So sometimes maybe sharing a little bit more of yourself and showing your wisdom, showing your experiences that you've accumulated in the 19 years that you've been on this earth that make it obvious. Isn't she 16? No, she's eight. She's 19. Oh, I misheard. Yeah, so she's she's 19. She thinks she looks 16. Other people have made fun of her for 14. looking 14. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so in reality, you guys are the same age. Um, gotcha. So it really shouldn't be an issue. Um, that being said, I understand 
why you might want to um, not even have to kind of cross that bridge. So those would be things that you can do that are appearance-based, like wearing makeup, wearing your hair down, um, and, you know, dressing a little more formal, and which for some reason tricks people into thinking you're older. You're a business lady. <laughs> yes, just be a business lady everywhere. <laughs> right, like, you know, yeah. dressed like that, it must be a professional, must be advanced in her career. And Wear your diaper inside a, of your pants. <laughs> Fupas. Get, get a fupa, like, go to a nursing home and take notes and just see, like, okay, frilly cuffs and maybe a type of a bib or a bonnet. Maybe you want a babushka. Um, maybe you have a really big purse. Yeah, and, you carry uh, a lot of things in it. A hoop skirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you can complain about your back. Sleep in a coffin. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I definitely share the frustrations a that cane. come from looking younger. <laughs> get a cane. Yeah. Get a cane. Complain about your back. Talk about insurance a lot. A monocle. <laughs> Pocket watch. Yeah. Complain about what the kids are doing. Mm. Yeah. No, but you can really you can really show people what your age is or your experience level or just who you are by just not behaving like the age that yeah. they say that you look like. Behave the way that you are in line with your, the maturity that you have. Um I think it's it's just, you know, a consistent theme for us on this podcast to always remind people that you can you are fully entitled to just accepting yourself the way that you are. You do not have to conform based on what someone else's opinion that doesn't know you is. Mm -hmm. Your boyfriend, you know, probably loves you, probably is totally happy with you the way that you are. And I just I I wanna I really want to advocate for um that you don't necessarily have to change anything. Yeah. Um in order to be acceptable to him or his friends. Because if you're not, then that could be a different issue. And uh, people have probably already told you this, but maybe in the future you will be grateful for the fact that I know it doesn't change anything. That's right all now, I hear. <laughs> maybe someday when everybody else is looking old and you yeah. still look very young, mm -hmm. you'll be like, okay, I paid for this up front, but <laughs> now that I'm 50 and looking like I'm 30, mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, I do get that a lot. I get that feedback a lot. Well, you're so lucky. And when you're older, you're going to... Um, but it's like nothing feels more infantilizing than someone telling you what's going to happen to you when you're older. <laughs> I've uh, Yeah, sure. <laughs> Take it from me, yeah. though. As someone who's older and, and wiser than you, that does happen, Morgan. <laughs> I've never thought of you as young looking. Really? Uh, not to okay. invalidate your experience, but I've cool. never no. been like... I've always thought of you as older. I think some of that is because I'm older than you. Maybe. Okay. So if you were younger, I'd exaggerate the difference. You might. Yeah. You I might see. be like, oh, this is a person who's younger and just kind of put. I think your like willingness to be alternative or free or goofy mm -hmm. could enhance that for me or make me think like, oh, yeah, it's like she likes to play like a kid. She hasn't gotten serious <laughs> yet. Like she will when she finally turns whatever she is. 20. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. we were 19. Yeah, you or have I a youth to your energy, which is great, and we uh, recommend that everybody do forever, and nobody ever get old. <laughs> Peter Pan, you know. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, physically, yeah, I, I think of you as a successful business owner. Sick. Yeah. So, DH, good luck. Um, try different things out. You can, you can. I had, I had my best friend when I was younger 
we, we both kind of look younger than we are. We had this joke where we, we thought, okay, wouldn't it be a fun experiment to go to the mall and try to dress as young as possible, like try to make ourselves look as young as physically possible and then ask people, poll people like, okay, how old do you think I am? And then try to dress as old as we possibly can uh-huh. and see what the range is just to kind of like make fun of it almost to just be like, it's silly. It doesn't matter. You know, um, it, it's so the answers can fluctuate so much. Dude, That's a pro tip right there. Yeah? You're making me want to do that. <laughs> you could. It would be fun. Yeah. We never did it. Test out my bad grandpa Johnny Knoxville skills. <laughs> see if I can see how high I can get him to say. Yeah. And see how low. I'm less interested I think low in is that. harder. You think so? Yeah. Just, just got to poop my pants and have someone push me around in a crib and everyone will say zero. Totally. Can't go below zero, can you? <laughs> or if just you can get- hide under a lady's bump. <laughs> You're like sticking Just get a bumpy lady and hide under her. And then people will be like, oh, you clearly zero. (laughs) Perfect. Right? Yeah, definitely. That would be all all there is to that experience. This is getting out of hand. (laughs) Do you have more to say to this person? I don't. Roll the tape. Welcome. (laughs) Recorded from Los Angeles. It's free advice. Episode 41. Hello, ladies and germs. Welcome to Free Advice. Gentlemen, too. <laughs> Everyone in between. Gentlemen are not synonymous with germs. No, for sure. I mean, it's an antiquated expression. Who cares? Really? Ladies and germs? The, ladies and gentlemen. The whole thing. Okay. I would think that it's a progressive... Uh, what's the opposite of misogyny? Uh, what's it called? The opposite of misogyny? The thing where you are bad... To, Acceptance? To, to, no, you're, you're mean <laughs> about men. You don't like men. Oh, oh, oh. The like counter... Yeah, I'm forgetting um, it. Wouldn't it still... That's still misogyny, isn't no. it? No. It's different. It's called like... Femogyny. <laughs> no. I know. I'm just making shit up. Misandry? Men hating? Oh, misandry. Is it misandry? I have no idea. Uh, let's just say. Whatever. Um, <laughs> it sounds like you're calling men germs that need to be cleaned, wiped off the face mm. of the earth, that type of thing. To me, maybe I'm just defensive about that. Maybe. I live I in know. a very progressive culture where I hear a lot of bad things about men. Yeah. A lot of bad things about their sexuality and their... And mm-hmm. it's all good that we're having that conversation and all and you can be oversaturated <laughs> with that type of messaging yeah, to the point where you're not hearing the more traditional narrative about men being good and necessary and the real heroes and all that shit. You're only steeped in the other thing. So like a balanced perspective is what I'd prescribe uh, for how germy you think men are. Um, I guess that's not necessarily aligned with my personal opinion of men. It's just something that I've heard. And I Oh, was you just... love men. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I don't mean that as any kind of... <laughs> I'm not trying to make an innuendo about like, <laughs> there's no judgment in that. Mm. You love men, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I just said, of course. Big time. Right. Okay. Um, I'm talking all the way. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've had sexual intercourse with men. Um, I just have a feeling that you really like men. Right. If you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. I have recently started rewatching Daria, which is on Hulu. 
and la 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 la. <laughs> yep, yep. And it's such a. I mean, I'm enjoying the hell out of it because it's like a great way to revisit like that era of my life of like the 90s and experience that nostalgia, but then also recall the area of like being an awkward teen and kind of being depressed, whatever, figuring that out. Um, Daria is apathetic. Right. So she's past depression, I guess. (laughs) She was depressed and now she's apathetic. Um, But it's such a great example of like the doofy sitcom dad where it's just like, oh my God, they've made the, they've made the mother wife character. I mean, she's silly and a caricature in her own ways, but she is like a high powered businesswoman. I think she's a lawyer or something. And she's like, always busy and like, but also takes charge in the girl's lives and is like always kind of involved in their conversations. And then anytime the dad tries to chime in at dinner or whatever, it's just always like, you are a dingus. Mm-hmm. And it's just such an they interesting trope. What? They put him down. Yeah, they put him down. It, it, the whole thing is like he's goofy and kind of like useless and, and not attuned. And it is really interesting that that, that trope has kind of flourished. Um, yeah. It's it's bizarre. Mm-hmm. Harmful. But also I understand the like overreaction to um, women, sorry, women being um, viewed as weaker or lesser. Yeah. Well... Women start with more responsibility for the baby. Like when there's pregnancy, say alcohol, it's fine for the father to drink alcohol. It doesn't really affect the baby. Not directly. (laughs) Right, right. It's not fine for the mother to drink alcohol while she's carrying the baby. So that's just like one early example. Doctors disagree. Some doctors say the father drinking alcohol is better. A glass of wine or whatever. Okay, getting drunk. Um, Yeah. (laughs) The general bodily care. She's literally growing the baby inside Mm -hmm. of her and using her nutrients to give to her, the baby. So you have to be aware of what you're putting in your body. Yeah, it's like there's this, it starts with um, sex and conception that women are more responsible for the the family. They're just more, have to be more responsible. So then you think the dumb dad is like born out of that because it's like, okay, the woman has to be to some extent responsible or have it together i think it's um it's born out of a lot of things but i think where it came from in cultures is this difference like why this pops up over and over again Mm -hmm. is um of women being more threatened by a male-run world and more Mm -hmm. generally like they're uh more anxious or more more prone to be aware of threats because they're more right. at risk of right. them. And so that requires like a vigilance, a responsibility. Um, yeah, whereas men can sneak off and have a side baby that they don't have to raise and they have across history. And that's like, a free way of passing on your genes without the responsibility that women don't have that option. Fair. I mean, not fair, but like, I understand your point. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of babies. Speaking of babies. <laughs> Jen Gob asks, why does the sound... <laughs> Jen Gob. Jen Gob, why does the sound of a baby crying make me feel scared, anxious, and stressed? Last year, my mum, so probably like an English British. Person, Yeah. Last year, my mom had another baby. And whenever he cries, I get insanely stressed and I get the urge to go and protect him or help him, even though I don't know how. 
I'm a 14-year-old girl. My family life has been traumatic, to say the least, and I don't trust my mom with the baby, but I don't know if that would be the cause of it. I don't know if this is common or not. Please help. So there's another example of a woman feeling perhaps excessive, in this case, responsibility for um, a baby in the family. Here's what I heard. Uh, You've had a traumatic family life. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't trust your mom to take care of this baby. Uh, Could it be that your mother's care for you was inadequate and you don't want to see that happen to somebody else? Mm -hmm. That's my guess. And maybe you're doing the right thing then. Maybe it shouldn't be your responsibility, but helping this baby find proper care is something that if you are the only one that knows what's going on, maybe you do want to do that at least to relieve yourself of the stress of, oh, this baby's crying a lot and nobody's taking care of it. Um, there's an old parenting idea that you're not supposed to pick your babies up when they cry because that will reinforce the crying behavior and they need to learn to self-soothe. It's been disproven. It's a terrible strategy. You should pick up babies when they cry. Babies Mm -hmm. need attention. Babies need contact. They need to know that when they express a need or feel distressed, that those needs will be met because they're incapable of meeting their own needs. It will allow them to learn to trust the world, Yes, which is a basic fundamental building block of becoming a a confident, functioning, self-actualized person. Totally. Uh, And so the the sound of a baby crying, you know, that that exists the way that it does specifically to elicit that emotional response, to get your attention. To get that that answer right away, it's normal to be distressed when you hear a baby crying and to want to fix that and stop it. Yes. And the question is, um, what is the cocktail of ways that as this baby's sister, you're going to take on that task, that role of nurturance. And, you know, ideally, if there is a um, functioning, high high functioning parent or two, better yet, um, or more than two, even better (laughs) better yet, (laughs) a thousand parents that you could entrust them with those responsibilities. But given also the age gap between you guys, it makes sense that you would have uh, you know, a slightly more kind of caretaking oriented role than maybe if you were six and mm-hmm. and this baby was just born or, you know, three or four. Right. Um, and so like it or not, you're in the position of you're going to probably take on some responsibility of care, um, whether that's because your parents are absent in some way, physically, emotionally, mentally, whatever, um, or because you're compelled to, because it's concerning, which mm-hmm. again, makes a lot of sense. Sure. Not just, not just, uh, as a result of your, uh, whatever went on in your parenting, but as a result of just human nature. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the advice kind of comes in, I think where it's like, okay, how do we make sure that you appropriately balance how much you're um, pulled into those situations. Because I think that, you know, there, there's, it's unfair to expect a certain extent of parental behaviors in a younger uh, child or, you know, an older sibling. Yeah. Um, but in some scenarios, kids that age are raising kids, you know, you can have a kid at right. 14, which is yikes. Wouldn't want that to be me. Um, but it happens. I would want to present the idea that possibly the best thing you could do for this sibling is to take care of yourself and provide a model of somebody who has overcome the circumstances that you've been through because they're, they're likely to experience similar circumstances if they're in the same household. 
um, that if you take care of yourself and you put yourself first, you can still find some time to take care of this baby. But if you put the baby in front of your own needs, you may end up a, um, a, a person that this baby emulates. Uh, and if you are somebody who does not have a healthy work or love life, then the baby may be likelier to look up to you and emulate those things too. But if you do have a healthy uh, set of values in those areas, then you can share those things with your sibling. But yeah, it's really hard to take care of someone else uh, to have so much responsibility thrown on you if you're not ready for it, if you're not taking care of yourself. Um, And so some of that might be uh, learning to... I don't know. This is maybe not a super conscientious answer, but sometimes when the baby's crying, you can block it out. You can put a barrier between yourself and that sound. It doesn't have to be your responsibility. It doesn't have to be your responsibility. And you don't want to train your mother or the baby to rely on you in that way. Yeah. Advocate for somebody else to do that. If you can. Yeah. yeah, If you're trying to uh, prioritize taking care of the baby, find somebody else or, or, or add, tell whoever you can that that's important to you because mm-hmm. you are taking this on and uh, you sound like a good person, sound like somebody who cares mm-hmm. about the well-being of people around them. And it sucks to hear that you're just too young or not equipped, but you've got your own development to worry about. Yeah. And I hope that you can prioritize that. And if you feel like you're being dragged away to take care of the baby in emergency situations time and time again, that's going to add up and it's going to uh, be at the cost of your development. So please yeah. advocate for somebody else to step up and take care yeah. of this baby. So maybe if there's another adult that you would trust either mm-hmm. within or not A babysitter, the, another relative. Mm-hmm, family. Uh, the other thing is, is thinking about how you regard your younger brother right now will also inform how your relationship is going to be when you get older. Because if you start to develop that sense of like, oh, this baby always needs me and you grow resentful of having to take on that role, it's going to negatively impact that relationship. And I think you owe it to both yourself and the health and wellness of that relationship and your family dynamic to make it your priority to get more support. Yeah. Um, Get change find a way to change something because you do have power in this situation mm-hmm. um where it makes this this the setting the family environment more secure for everyone everyone mm-hmm. will benefit from that uh your mom yes. included it doesn't yeah. have to be just something that's against her this is not selfish mm-hmm. yeah and the other thing is you said in your question like i don't know how to take care of them but obviously you do have some caretaking instincts Mm -hmm. and so i think it's really important too for for us to validate that even though you're only 14 and it shouldn't be fully your responsibility to raise this child it was your mother's choice to have this child um there are instincts that are brewing within you there is a sense of responsibility a sense of intuitively understanding how to take care of someone else and meet their needs that you do have so don't discredit yourself too much on that front Mm -hmm. yeah and try to try to fill your life also with other things that allow you to calm down and uh, what's called downregulate your emotions. So like be less stressed, be less anxious and less upset when there are these very uh, sort of uh, traumatizing or chaotic or scary stimuli. You can protect yourself slightly more from that and you can do more to restore a sense of calm mm. in between. But That's great. Yeah.
Do you have a, a recommendation of a down-regulating activity that a 14-year-old can do? Definitely. Um, a few things that are, I think, pretty easy. Uh, listen to music that you notice makes your heart rate, heart rate slower um, and your breathing slower. How do you notice your heart rate getting slower? <laughs> well, you have to feel it. You like can put you your touch fingers it. on your wrist or on your neck. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can, yeah, you can feel your pulse. But you I really, you, you recommend people do that while they listen to music? Not like as a blanket statement. Okay. Yeah, but sure, sure. Uh, there are other ways of assessing your heart rate where you're not like a doctor, like writing down the pulse. You can just I've, I've feel never done this. I've never like thought, is this thing making my heart rate? Really? Because, yeah. Uh, it's just oh. surprising to me, but I'll try it now. Uh, well, again, it's an, it's a sign that your, your parasympathetic nervous system is kicking sure. in. It's like, it's slowing those processes that are triggered by a fight or flight esque scenario or freeze um i would say just something that makes me want to be still and pay attention to it hmm. like Like sit down or lay down like just if the music makes me want to do Mm -hmm. that versus get up and move and thrash about right that that that's my signal i'm not going to be paying attention to like counting beats per minute of my heart no i wouldn't either i wouldn't recommend that i think it's just something that you can feel that your heart rate is slowed down without i mean you can put your hand on your chest you can just try to feel your heart without changing anything about your body. Position. I would even just say sad music, music that sounds sad Down to tempo. me or is gentle and like soft. And I think music is a particularly good one in this case because the stimulus that you're responding to that's agitating you is auditory. Mm. Um, yeah, because then you have headphones on and mm-hmm. it's yeah. maybe they're noise canceling or you're yes. just playing it loud enough right. that you're not hearing the... <laughs> I get it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you could also kind of... I mean, again, this is all stuff that you can use to take care of the baby, but you can kind of swaddle yourself, like get, wrap yourself tight in a blanket, uh, make yourself feel really secure and comforted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any of those things. That's great. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, thank what, you for writing in. What else do we got? Okay. Here's one. Okay, good. S. pair. No idea what that's attempting to say or if I'm saying it right. Why do I always compare new faces to old faces? Hello, Reddit. I have realized that whenever, realized with an S, another British person, that whenever I meet new people, I always feel the need to compare their faces to someone I personally know. Does anyone know why I do this? I do this too. Okay, tell us about it. A lot of people will disagree with me when I say that person looks a lot like Oprah. <laughs> and they'll be like, eh, I don't really see that. And I'll be like, all right, who else in this room looks more like Oprah? <laughs> And they're always like, all right, you got me. <laughs> right. It's like like relative to who's here. What What is the yeah. pool that you're considering? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's an attempt to com- like s- categorize information starting with what's already familiar to mm-hmm. you, like matching it to something that you know in order to understand it. I think that's a pretty like, I would say innate kind of human thing. Facial recognition in particular is like one of the things that they have done a lot of testing uh, on on infants with is like, when does their ability to like recognize a face and, and prefer a face mm-hmm. start to come into play? And it's extremely young. It's something we do from a very young age because it's like how we engage our caretaker is something that our um, survival depends yeah. greatly on. Understanding the emotions of a person around you, whether their brow is furrowed and they look yeah. angry or whether they're laughing yeah. and happy. <laughs> if you, how you react in those situations could lead to your death. So it's really right. Like if you continue doing the thing that you're doing, that is making the other person angrier and angrier, it might result in violence. 
so recognizing anger, recognizing joy and sadness is pretty vital for survival. Yeah. So I would say something like this is, is definitely, uh, at least partially has its basis in just how we evolved as people. I think it's an indication of a person who is particularly open to new people Hmm. and, uh, accepting of them in trying to find ways that they are like other people that you already know. It's like a, um, seeking familiarity that I think if someone feels familiar to you, you are more trusting of them immediately. Mm-hmm. potentially distrusting if they remind you of someone that you distrust, but you at least have a baseline. They're not just this completely novel foreign thing that you have to be really careful mm-hmm. around. Like I have no starting point for how to interact with this person. <laughs> You're giving yourself, a, right. I think like it's a best guess of, oh, this kind of reminds me of my grandma. So maybe I'll <laughs> be the version of myself that my grandma maybe likes a little bit around them. Yeah, yeah. Like having a, um, a proxy person, a, a placeholder of like oh i've trained for this type of person yeah like a baby you talk to like this too yeah you're a baby and then i know other babies an older person you speak loud to because their hearing might not be great like these are shortcuts and some people might be offended by that prejudice of like oh you assume that just because i'm older but older people lose their hearing people lose their hearing over time so people with poor hearing if you're older, it's right. likelier for you to have poor hearing. Yeah. And I, again, I think it's like the the impulse of humans to see something, be able to quickly, any animal, mm-hmm. quickly uh, put it in a category, identify it as, is it a threat or is it not a threat? Yes. Is, per, is kind of the first distinction that you're making mm-hmm. unconsciously, maybe without even noticing it. But you are noticing it because you're, you're becoming yes. aware that you're trying to put it in a bucket of, okay, well, it's kind of like this person I already know. Right. Um, and I think, to like when I'm I'm trying to think like okay what's the thing that what's the first thing that I notice when I see a new face and for me I think I'm often like making the distinction of like is this person attractive to me or not mm-hmm. that's kind of where I go first um which is is same same but different I think to what this person is saying where it's like how do we explain those automatic things that we do without necessarily intending to do it mm-hmm. and generally there is a biological explanation in my case, it would be like, will I be re- will I be reproducing with this person, or is this not viable? <laughs> yeah. What are some of the features of a person's face that make them uh, reproduction candidates for you? Okay. Well, the very first thing, mm-hmm. which I think also explains why um, people so often the first thing we want to know about someone or like a baby is, oh, is it a boy or a girl? Yeah. The first thing for me is, you like boys. is it a boy? Right. I get a sense I like you boys. really like boys. <laughs> If you know what yes. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. <laughs> I'm not trying to shame you for that. Just to be, just oh, to be clear. It's I think it's like totally, it's yeah, fine I that you it. like boys. I, I, get, I think you prefer it that way. It certainly increases uh, your likelihood of. Of being, being one of the boys. <laughs> right. Right. If you're a woman, of the you type would not you be like. one of the boys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Probably. Yeah. Um. But anyway, uh, yeah, so first I'm going, okay. I'd like you if I was a woman. You w- might, would you be a lesbian? If I was a woman? Mm-hmm. If nothing else changed about me, mm-hmm. being a woman, but I know it would change. I can't know for sure, but my impulse is yes. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm straight because I'm just uh, conforming to cultural norms. Right, right. You're, I mean, you're Maybe, though. attracted to what you're attracted to. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. I don't think it's better or worse that I am attracted to men. It's just that's 
where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the first thing is, are they the gender that I prefer to have sexual relations with? The next thing is it is age. Maybe age first. I don't know. Because <laughs> if it's like a little boy, I'm not like excited for a minute and then like, oh, wait, <laughs> He's right. four feet he's tall. Four feet tall. <laughs> and has small child bones. What if he's a little boy, but he's six foot four? Like you like. I've dated a lot of little boys that You're are six, six foot, foot four. four. <laughs> okay. And how are you out of jail? <laughs> how am I out of jail? Yeah. I was a, Did, It was a joking comment about their maturity level. Uh, <laughs> what are their first and last names? <laughs> I'll God. write you a list Give later. me some first and last names. Let's dox. Give me their addresses. <laughs> Give me their mailing address. I want to mail them something. <laughs> Our listeners have some <laughs> thoughts for these boys. <laughs> we want to send them some candy. Something they'll really like. Little boys do love candy. Uh-huh. Um, Tootsie Pops. <laughs> so age would be the next thing. Uh, which for me right now, yeah. I would say, so I'm 29. Uh-huh. I'm about to be 30, though. Hell so it's yeah. Like, psh, whole new chapter. Um, <laughs> no, Dirty 30. Dirty 30. Scurdy 30. Scurdy 30. Wear a skirt. I almost never wear skirts. If if there are scenarios where I could wear skirts, I often wonder if there's a pant version, like a jumpsuit over a dress, for example, a romper over a shorter dress. Alerty 30. Alerty 30. Always poised and ready for danger. Yeah. <laughs> Look around real quick. <laughs> Squirty 30. Squirty 30. I can't believe we didn't say that one yet. That's a good one. Yeah. You're going to squirt. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially. Um, great. Yeah. So the age range for me right now, that's like viable Mm -hmm. is. Yeah. What's your minimum mm, physically versus intellectually is very different Mm -hmm. because people that like, I would say like 24 Mm -hmm. to like 40 maybe. Um, but like some, a guy who's 24 is going to be like generally remarkably less mature how about the age you'd guess they were after? T- say you don't actually get to find oh, their age. Okay, but you I'm get to good at guessing ages. You get to guess. Okay, after talking to them for five minutes mm-hmm. in person, smelling them, whatever else you need to do, <laughs> see if they poop their pants lately. Uh huh. So their diapers full. <laughs> that could be really. If they're young wearing or a diaper, old. that just for me, that does. They're probably out. outside the range. <laughs> Come on. What if it's just this one time thing? It's just today was a rough day. And so like, I decided to wear a diaper. Come on. It's like the sh- hottest guy I've ever seen. We're super compatible, yeah. but he also wears a diaper. It's me, but I've got depends on. <laughs> it's just been a rough day. I just needed this. I just I just couldn't deal with one more thing. So I'm wearing the diaper today. I'm um, just going to go in it. Yeah. It's me. What am I supposed to say? Like I would fuck you or like we would still be best sure, friends? Sure, say that. <laughs> I don't think I would fuck you. Aw, just because of the diaper? Well, good news. Not wearing a diaper. (laughs) Um, You know my intention is still not to fuck you. The diaper is like an irrelevant variable, which is rarely the case. I thought you said the diaper was so relevant. No. Um, But I think that like optimal age for me would be someone who's slightly older. Slightly older. Yeah. Couple days, couple years. Just enough, <laughs> enough that they can really like show me a thing or two. Show you, you know? a thing or two. What kind of things would you like to be shown? Um, I would. I mean, it doesn't matter as long as I can feel like, ooh, this person has someone something to teach me. This person. So a is younger learned. person could do that, of course, with poopy in their pants. 
It does call their credibility into question slightly. <laughs> their anal incontinence. <laughs> it's like, hmm, if you can't if you can't keep your butthole tight enough for poop not to come out involuntarily, how can I really trust you to set your own boundaries? They don't need you to change them. <laughs> Morgan, quit trying to change people, okay? Diapers. <laughs> You don't, you can't change somebody that doesn't want to be changed. <laughs> oh, this is such a great bit because this is what I constantly try to do. And it's a yeah. great reminder of like, if I'm trying to change them, it means I'm putting them in a diaper maybe, and I shouldn't be doing maybe that. Maybe they're not ready to be changed. Maybe there's changed. still more that they need to get out first. <laughs> wow. That is oh, so fucking spot on. That's hilarious. Thank you. Um, Were we answering a question or what? <laughs> I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore. I want to talk about who I would fuck on the street. (laughs) (laughs) On the street. Well, you know, based on that initial. I get it. I get it. You would go inside. You'd probably go inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, often also, if I see a guy. Yeah. Like. A lot of times I'll see a guy out walking and the reason he's out walking is because he's walking his dog. Mm. I'll still decide if I think he's attractive, but ultimately I'll mentally go, well, this person isn't available to me because they have a dog. They have a dog. <laughs> you can't deal with a doggy daddy. I can't deal with the dog dad. Um, not only because I think they will have some, that dog will have some special place in their heart that I'm like not going to be able to gonna eat your penetrate. Um, Dog's going to try to eat your bunnies. And then, and then it's just incompatible with my pets. That's right. Yeah. You've decided to raise dog food as your family. (laughs) Snake food. Snake food? Yeah. Do dogs eat rabbit? I I, guess they do. I think just about anybody who's hungry will eat rabbit. (laughs) I don't see a lot of people turning down rabbit when it's offered. Fair. Um, I only don't eat your rabbits because you offer me apples and cheese. I'm going to be real with you. (laughs) Sometimes when you're a little slow from the kitchen, I start licking my chops and staring down Cosmo. (laughs) He's mostly fur. It would would be the least satisfying meal. (laughs) Okay. Oh, I'm a gifted cook. Uh, All right. Uh, Thank you so much for that question. Yeah, we answered it great. Next. (laughs) We let it go all over the place. Next. But hopefully it gives you a sense of like, we all run weird human programs that are out of our control and there's nothing wrong with them. It's just like... If you if you identify a behavior, there's a virtually 100% chance that there's some kind of biological or evolutionary imperative as to why that behavior survived thousands of years of yeah. human evolution. It's just, it may be maladaptive for the situation you're in uh-huh. right now. This is an old brain That's correct. problem. That's correct. Yeah. Um. Fuck yeah. Nailed it. Knocked it out of the park. <laughs> you're welcome. Next. Uh, next and i'm gonna go ahead and say final question because i think this is a good one to end on um frog girl nine asks how can i (laughs) (laughs) the eight other frog girls don't like you (laughs) i think they would all be great friends i'm sorry frog girl that was a mean way for me to start this up i'm sure the i'm sure you guys are all just chilling on a lily pad together (laughs) sharing flies and shit (laughs) um Okay, so Frog Girl 9 asks, how can I let go of anger? There's this girl I'm really not happy with, but logically, I know I shouldn't really be angry with her. Is there any way I can just relax and let go of my irritation? Great question. 
awesome question yeah. everybody's dealing with all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anger is a dangerous real. emotion. So we valence it. We, we tell people it's all bad, that they shouldn't be angry. And it's a necessary emotion. Yeah. And here's what you probably this anger arose with fear of hurting the other person. And that's healthy. That's, Say more about that. What do you like, mean? You can feel angry at somebody and want to yell at them or hit them or do something like that. And also feel fear that if you do that thing, oh, okay. it will negatively impact you or it'll hurt them. You care about yeah. them too. So, so anger is uncomfortable because of it, it well, you, makes you fear the con like what you'll how you'll react. It can be uncomfortable just on its own. Yeah. You could fear the consequences of just yeah. expressing your anger freely. And that's a good thing. If you're just somebody who every time you're angry, you let it take over and do whatever your anger wants to do. And you're not also listening to fear, uh, compassion, any other social responsibility. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. exactly. Like <laughs> then you're a person with a temper problem and you're dangerous to be around and people won't want to be around you. Um, totally. So here's what you do. Um, you write down, all the things that make this person angry, ag aggravating to you, make yeah. you angry. And uh, you get as mean as you want. You can call names. You can uh, just use expletives. You can write in all caps, whatever. Um, and don't send it to the person. Just get it out for your sake. You will feel better just by doing that. And then you can isolate. Is there something that I'd like this person to change? That's uh, reasonable to mention. You, that's subjective it's just uh like give me an example of something unreasonable okay so like what if i'm a lot angry of people think that their needs are unreasonable always well what if i'm angry about something that like they can't change about themselves or that's like my problem like you're mad that they're fat yes yeah um i'm not gonna be like hey listen <laughs> i've been doing some letter writing and some thinking okay here's the th identify the problem then yeah we haven't heard what you're angry about this person about. Exactly. Maybe you don't know exactly. You, you've told not. yourself it's not something that you should be angry about. Yeah. There, there, the, the point there's is you this are, girl though. I'm really not happy with. Not happy with. Identify that. So Explore that. You've uh, you've used some language that uh, Carla McLaren, author of The Art of Empathy, points out. People say unhappy to mean any emotion besides happy. It could be shame. It could be fear. It could be anger. It could be anxiety. Sadness. Uh, it could be sadness. Yeah. Um, envy. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. if it's not happy, what are you about yeah. this person? Get more Are precise. you jealous of them? Do you hate yeah. them? Are you angry at them? Um, maybe you don't understand the distinctions between all these things. And I recommend Carla McLaren's book, The Art of Empathy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Right. But yeah. so logically, she says, I know I shouldn't really be angry with her. And I think that's another thing where it's like, you don't have to put that label on it. If you're having a response of anger, that's telling you something. What's anger tell a person? <laughs> what? You don't like that idea? I don't like Sorry. the leading okay, questions. I'm just trying to involve you rather than me lecture alone. Anger tells a person that they perceive an infraction on their boundaries, that somebody crossed a line that they have. They might not have even said the line aloud to themselves or somebody else, but basically somebody has done something that uh, angers you because you believe that you have a, there's an injustice there, yeah. that they've said something that they shouldn't have said or taken something that they shouldn't have taken. They've done something that is in your mind inappropriate and you may be right. And you may be just honorably defending that boundary by getting angry. Right. I mean, I, there's so many times where I should have been angry with someone or, and I didn't let myself cause I felt like I wasn't entitled to it. Do you have an example? Oh my God. 8 million. 
Um, <laughs> do just a million. I, <laughs> yeah, I'll cut you off at one million and one. Um, yeah, so here's an example. Um, a friend expressed romantic romantic interest in me, and I was what the fuck. At, <laughs> Rob doesn't understand how anyone could possibly have done that. You? <laughs> What's there um, to like about you? <laughs> I look, your guess is as good as mine. Um, but no, that's not modeling like a healthy self-worth. I know. But, I apologize for that joke, listeners. That was <laughs> that was too mean. There's so many no, lovely no, no. things about more. <laughs> no, no, I meant like the way I responded to that, which oh. is the only thing I'm responsible for, not you. Um <laughs> But anyway, I didn't I didn't stand up for how I was feeling in that situation. Mm. I just let them kind of tell me how they felt and explain basically why or or kind of try to break down why I wasn't interested in them back. And instead of standing up for myself, I I kind of lost my way. It's very hard. I get it. There's a huge, it's like a fog rolls in and I can't fucking see anything. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I think words are coming out of my mouth. Who knows? Um, But my terror of like disappointing this person was so great that it kept me from voicing my anger, not in a way that's angry where I'm really taking it out on them, but at least recognizing that it's anger, recognizing I'm having an emotional response and then kind of formulating a, some kind of, boundary setting statement um or just saying like no thank you some something simple and to the point um and then later i got home and i felt really angry and i didn't i was like i feel so out of it i feel so frustrated and i don't know why i'm getting hit with this emotion suddenly and it was because it was basically displaced from earlier when i should have set a boundary in a way that i didn't yeah um and i think that yeah for a long time i'm wasn't I didn't feel entitled to anger so I didn't even explore or investigate those sources of anger I just was focused on you know like frog girl like okay well how do I just get rid of it because it's yeah it's causing a rift between me and this person um because you know maybe they didn't do anything wrong like in this case with this friend they didn't do anything wrong Mm -hmm. um but I found myself unable to stand up for myself and and that to me was where um, it became problematic yeah of course Of course. The and most angry frequent at the other recipient. Person. But maybe it's both. Anger. Maybe it's like, how dare they just put words in my mouth and how dare I not fucking correct them? Mm. Was it both? It usually, st- I usually it am able bo- to identify. <laughs> 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 okay. Then I guess I'll just let you step on my toes there and no, not no, say let me, anything. Let me, tell you, let me tell you what, was, what you're feeling. <laughs> um, let me tell usually you why. I'm more easily able to identify anger at myself. Mm-hmm. And then maybe I can after way more transgressions, a lot more time elapsing, I can go, oh, I was angry at that person and it was justified. This is the depressive personality type, right? Uh, yeah. So it's, it's, um, depression is anger turned inward. Anger turned inward. Uh, right. And yeah, there are different, there are different ways. Some people externalize those negative emotions, um, meaning that they take them out on other people. Mm -hmm. Um, and these are people that you see, like, you know, walking around, being angry, starting hey, fights, all that stuff. what the fuck? Yeah. Turn your blinker on. Yeah. <laughs> I've never done that. For Me neither. I'm not that type of guy. <laughs> we're similar in this way. I think we're both depressive types. <laughs> um, versus we, d- d- the depressive type of anger turns inwards is, uh, you know, we learned that 
we're not allowed to express our yeah. anger. So then we have to not circle to it back that. in at ourselves. Sure. And then this kind of creates us, puts us at this like lower standing point where we're always at fault. Um, and so again, yes, in some ways, like we said in the beginning, the onus is on the individual to not, um, or to, to try to not take their anger out on other people. I'm certainly not suggesting that frog girl yells and screams at this girl, but it's not necessarily just, uh-oh, I'm, I notice I'm feeling angry. How do I turn it off? Yeah, there's repression repression of like, I'll just put the anger away and not let them see anything and like not admit that it's there. There's expression, which is, ah, I'm gonna tear down the village Godzilla style. And then there's channeling, which is gonna use the anger to do something constructive between those two. So it may be yelling. If somebody is raising their voice at you and you need to be heard, there may be a moment where you need to act quickly and anger allows you to act with urgency and power and like, in some cases, be violent. I'm not saying that that should be a first response, but if somebody <laughs> if somebody right. is, is directly attacking you, you may need to use physical force to stop them and your anger right. will help you access that power to like right. put up, uh, to shove or to restrain or you know use your body. Yeah. Um, these are extreme cases. It doesn't sound like what's going on with this girl, but <laughs> yeah. that is one version of channeling. So channeling anger into a constructive response, being able right. to like work with anger and the fear you have of hurting another person or the shame of losing face and having people dislike you, um, working with all of those emotions to formulate a response. And this may take some time and practice yeah. and you may not get it right initially, but yeah. figuring out a way to set a boundary with this person or communicate your need. If you believe, or you, if, if you believe they have any responsibility to you and you'd like to ask for help to say, Hey, I feel angry about this thing, or you can soften it for them and say, I feel upset or I feel hurt. Mm -hmm. Whatever the feeling is. There's different um, ways to label the feeling that can make it more or less manageable. I think I got a little farther yeah. than you in the art of empathy so far, and I know about the weasel words. I just read about them last night. Oh, you night. know about the weasel words, I know words about the too. weasel Fuck, words. Fuck, you caught up to me. Uh, <laughs> we're reading the same book. I hate being caught up to. So you're feeling hatred? I would just say I'm unhappy. <laughs> Which is a weasel word. It's a weasel word joke for you guys. It's the, idea is, the idea is a weasel word helps you kind of weasel out of giving a, a word that has the full impact of what you're really trying Some to say. Some people would never want to admit that they hate something or right. admit that they feel proud of something or admit that they're angry mm -hmm. so or afraid. So you can use these weasel words that kind of soften it. Just say, are you feeling uneasy about that? Mm -hmm. If they're feeling jealous, they might not want to own up to that because people have, feel shame about a lot of emotions. So yeah. you may have shame about anger. A lot of people do. And it seems like a, a decent thing for us to like a, a necessary starting point because children, when they just express their anger completely freely, when they aren't shamed at all about it or told, um, given constructive alternatives, which is a hard thing to do as a parent, yeah. like kids throwing tantrums and breaking bowls and destroying property and making a mess is a bullshit. You don't want to deal with that. <laughs> like, fuck that. You got to stop um, that kid. But then a, yeah. the problem is a lot of parents just like stop the behavior and then never model Restore. or, yeah, yeah. or show like what you do do with anger. Yes. It's just don't do that. Yeah. End of story. So I think the last thing that we should say to wrap up the answer yeah, is offer it. this person some constructive ways to let out anger, to express okay. anger. Um, so a what wonderful, wonderful healer that I've worked with um, 
called named Susan Renchies. She's fucking fabulous. She wrote a great book also called Third Eye Open, which is actually I think it's hilarious that she explains that she chose this title um, because your third eye is sort of the center of your intuition. And she heard of the band Third Eye Blind uh-huh. and and wanted the title to evoke kind of the opposite sense of third eye, your third eye being open. Um but anyway, she in this book, she gives so many wonderful and super constructive ways to further investigate your emotions, to take care of yourself, to play the role of being an inner, your inner child and, and just accessing these things that we're basically often told not to and just to do a deeper investigation. She also gets into like kind of honing your psychic abilities, which I think for some people is really interesting and some people might find it really off-putting. Um but she talks about anger work, which is not a term that's exclusive to her, but I do want to say this is how I became familiar with it. And anger work is something that allows you to express your anger but doesn't harm anyone. You know, it's something usually physical, like you, you can yell and scream in the privacy of your own home. Or your you car. Can, or your car. You, you can got a sing car. really loud. Mm, yeah. You can rip magazines, newspapers. You can beat on a pillow. Hit pillows. Those are all things I've done. Um, sometimes you almost have to break through this threshold though of like in the beginning, it can be awkward or kind of make you more frustrated because it often doesn't feel like enough or that it's addressing the right thing. It just kind of feels like, why am I doing this? This feels weird. Yeah. But you can re I felt that invest. way when you tried to get me to do yeah. it. <laughs> I tried to force Rob to do it because I wanted him to change his diaper and he wouldn't. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so that was wrong. But, um, you can recycle or reinvest that frustration to fuel the anger work itself if you want. Um, but sometimes stomping, writing in a very free, um, uncontrolled way where you're just like scribbling really hard and then ripping the pieces of paper up, throwing them. Um, I had a really tough year uh, in eighth grade. And one of the most satisfying motherfucking things I ever did was I took all of my school stuff at the end of the year and put it in a big giant pile on the lawn. And I took a steel baseball bat and I wore safety gloves and I just listened to my like emo music and just beat the shit out of my school supplies, Mm. like tore up books, uh, cut my binders, whacked the shit out of, it was great. Was that very ladylike of you? (laughs) The thought never crossed my mind. (laughs) Nobody was in the background saying anything like that? No. Good, good, good. I don't think that my – I did it at a time where my mom wasn't home because I think Mm. she would have put the kibosh on it just for fear of who the fuck knows. Making a mess? I don't know. One time I had a punching bag Mm -hmm. that we had hung up in the basement Mm -hmm. after I got a stern talking to about a bee that I got in my report card. (laughs) I was upset. (laughs) And uh, the story is often recounted as this funny thing that I did. How, Mm. look at that. Ah, That that you went downstairs? uh, The whole house was shaking. It was like an earthquake. Neighbors were like, whoa. Yeah, I was mad. It's a way of like mocking you and shaming you for (laughs) just expressing your anger and to, to... to, to invalidate the reason that you did it. Yeah. As if they didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. But like, like, oh, isn't that cute? (laughs) Oh my God. Infuriating. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. (laughs) It's bad. It's bad. And you were trying to do something constructive and that's such a shame that it got met with that. Right. Um, but yeah, so there are a whole host of, uh, things that you can do to release 
anger. And that's more along the lines of what I would recommend uh, for Frog Girl is, or anyone, is to do something that's expressive. I versus like sprinting. You like so Rob one, like one more is like to, to move something as fast as you can mm-hmm. and like hit the limit of speed that your body can hit. That that feels really good to be because then you're panting too and you're like <sighs> sprint yeah. for as long as you can without hurting yourself. Yeah. Or hurting yourself just a little. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that is like part of the appeal. No, just I, I don't burning get your wrist self- with a cigar. <sighs> no, no. But exercise to the point where there's a little bit of exercise pain, yeah. like discovering that limit and going up against it and being like, okay, now my breath is at a full like that's as much as I air as I can get in and I need to yeah. stop that. That's yeah. felt good to me in the past. Yeah, totally. So it's the recommendation is do things that help you release energy rather mm-hmm. than swallow energy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause repressed anger can result in a lot of health issues down the road and depression, depression. Like said, if you're saying, Oh, I shouldn't feel angry about this. I'm bad. If you keep Mm-hmm. That narrative if going, subtext, yeah. you may end up turning off all emotions because this one was so unacceptable. Yeah. And I really recommend the movie Inside Out. Got a great exploration of this. <laughs> mm-hmm. You yeah. lose joy and sadness if you can't let the other emotions function and just leave the control center. Let's go numb. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well... I feel like that was another, yet another fruitful discussion that yeah, veered it. into unexpected <laughs> lanes. Listen, I love you guys. You're really good audience members for listening yeah, so much. Yeah, you're so quiet. You're so patient. Yeah. You laugh. You cry with us. You do you all You let us right change things. your diapers. You let us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we look forward to seeing you again next week. And if you want to write your questions to us, we would love to take a stab at them uh, in a nonviolent way. <laughs> free advice podcast at gmail.com you guys are the best keep rocking keep fucking rocking it rocking and rolling and rocking and rolling and rocking and rolling.